What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness, the podcast that focuses on sports cards, collectibles, the hobby, and everything else in between. Today's episode is actually a bonus episode. I had the chance to sit down with Ray Schulte, director of the National, and talk. we talked about the direction of the National, um, some changes they're considering making, some things they want to keep the same, talked about innovation in the hobby and how it's changed over the years and also got into what collecting means to him. It was a really awesome episode. I think you guys will enjoy it. So let's dive in. Kick is on the way and it is All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. I have a really special guest here with us, Ray Schulte of The National. He's the communications director for The National Card Show, and I was super pumped. I finally got him on. We finally made the schedules work. He's a busy guy. Um, Ray, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Nick, it's, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So Ray, I you know I basically just said what you do, but I'd love to hear what you do for the national in your own words, and I think the audience would love that as well. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been with the national for thirteen years now, and I've been um, you know I came in because my background is representing players, and at the time I was representing Cal Ripken uh, from let's say two thousand and one to two thousand and nine, and I knew Mike Burkus, and I I'd been attending nationals. Uh, and so I, I'll never forget this. It was in Cleveland, and I happened to be there, and I was working out of Baltimore with Cal, and and I I knew that the next year I was gonna I was I had just had a son, so I was gonna take some time off and and uh, go in a different direction. But um, Mike got a hold of me and said, "Listen." We're going to be doing the national in Baltimore next year. Uh, would you be interested in, in working with us? And we know you could bring a lot to the table. You know the market. You know a lot of the players and the agents and the and 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 the, the leagues and the corporates and all that. And and I thought about it and and I said, uh, well, that's interesting. And the one thing that kind of got me excited was that it was an opportunity to work with Mike. Um, Mike Burkus was uh, was an icon in the in the industry, and I love Mike. I mean, I, I Mike was the one guy that you know if you get a phone call that you know you you, you run to pick it up because you knew you're going to have a great conversation with him. And the, the guy was an innovator. He was a visionary. Uh, you know, he would listen to what you had to say. He may not agree with you all, all the time, but he would listen. Um, and he, and he gave you the utmost respect. So I said, you know what, Mike, I said, yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. You know? Uh, and we were just talking about one year, just Baltimore, 2010. And so it was great. And then, you know, I did it and, um, you know, we had a great show in Baltimore. And so he says, you want to just keep going? And I said, yeah, all right, let's, let's just play it by ear. I mean, uh, I, I was in a position where I could do that. And he and he was fine with it. So um, we, you know, next year, 2011, came back to Baltimore, 2012, and you know, finally, I I, I was really getting um, excited about it because for me, it was more about learning about the industry, 
I was I was liking what I saw, you know, kind of behind the scenes working with people. Um, you know, it, it was just, you know, the, the community aspect of it really kind of, you know, got me thinking about, hey, you know, this is pretty cool. And and I had actually I had actually, you know, when I was living in New York, I had all this stuff. I mean, represent I represented players. So, I mean, I mm -hmm. got all these like licensed photos and bobbleheads and 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 I at one point I said I'm you know I, I wanted to get away from that I wanted to start collecting but I didn't want to collect you know all the tchotchke stuff I wanted to collect something significant and as, and you can see behind me my choice was movie posters uh, and for me you know it was all about you know I, and I say this all the time it's not about whether you have a signed baseball or a signed photo or a trading card. You know, for me, it's 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 about collecting. It's mm -hmm. it's about collecting, and and you can collect anything. And you know, back then maybe it was just like well memorabilia and trading cards. But my mother used to collect spoons from airports, and I never understood why she did that. But now, you know, if you put on a collector's mentality, a mindset, you know, like with the movie posters. It's not just that I go and grab movie posters. There's a set uh, understanding of what I'm, what I'm collecting. In other words, it's got to be pre-1960. It's got to be USA. It's got to be mint condition. Uh, it's got to be sports related or you know, uh, you know some of the other, um, like Abbott or Costello or whatever. But it's focused. And you know it's the chase. It's the relationships. Uh, it's all that, but it's it's not just you know collecting anything. It's that's that's my collecting, and so that that's what I I enjoyed, and I enjoyed I enjoyed you know more other people seeing what they did and how they went about the, the you know their whole collecting uh, mindset, and so um, you know it just it just kind of evolved, and you know now this last Chicago was thirteen years that I've been doing it. And uh, I've seen the industry, you know, evolve. I've seen the industry grow, uh, you know, through, you know, thick and thin, you know, the challenges we've had the last couple of years and, um, and, and the success we've had the few, last few years as a result. Uh, you know, we had a lot of momentum uh, in the industry and, and the national going into the pandemic. And I don't know if people realize that, but when we left Chicago prior to the, before the pandemic, it was really strong. And we had, we were having, we were, I knew we were going to have a lot of momentum the next year. And then obviously in 2020, we had to call it, but um, it was kind of like the perfect wave for me because here you have the momentum and then, then the pandemic brought out, you know, the, you know, the other aspect of it in terms of, you know, people getting back into their, their collections and, you know, being more um, attentive to that and, and, and getting involved with people through the, the social media and all that. And then, um, you know, for the you know, last year, uh, I thought we had a great show. And this year, we, you know, we surpassed 100,000 people, attendees. So, you know, the industry's strong. Um, and it's kind of nice to be part of it. I, I, the thing I like about this year was the fact that we were able, because we increased the size from 400,000 to 600,000, we were able to bring new companies into the into the show. Companies that ordinarily wouldn't be able to get into the national because we've been sold out for the last five or six years. 
And because we've increased the space, they were able to get in, they were able to showcase their technology, you know, what's happening in, in the industry today. And so I thought that was really, really good. And I liked seeing that. I knew that was coming. And, and uh, it was one of those things where you look back and say, hey, you know, that was, that was, that was great. And, and, and so for me, that's what it's all about and working with the, the, the various teams and all that. I, I love event marketing and I love uh, promotion. So it was, it's kind of a, a no brainer for me. Very, very cool. So 12, 13 years ago, what was the national like back then? Was it any different? I mean, size wise, vendor wise, um, attendee wise versus now? It's always been approximately 400,000 square feet. Um, and I know back in Baltimore, I just, I do remember that it was a great show. Uh, everybody was uh, excited about it. Of course, it was in, in Baltimore where, you know, we had the new ballpark and, 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 and everybody was excited to be in the new venue. Um, but, you know, it's, it's always been steady. It's always been really steady. We've never really had any negative or down nationals at all. It's just a question of, you know, how many people we could fit in and, and, uh, you know, uh, how it evolved in terms, you know, we, Mike Berkus was, uh, was great. And when I say he was a visionary, you know, he was the one, you know, I know, I know we talk about breaking and all that. He was the one who got the breakers pavilion into the national. He was the one that, you know, at one point, I think kids 12 and under on Sunday got on, got on free. Well, he, he, he broke down that barrier to this kids 12 and under getting free all five days. And so we always were in a mindset to, you know, how do we, how do we get the kids more involved? And, and if you remember years ago, that was the, the mantra was like, you know, we got to get more kids involved in the hobby. And uh, Mike heard that and, and basically acted on it. And, you know, with, with that aspect of it and also working with the corporate partners and giveaways and, and, and the breaks and all that, you know, I, I really think, We've succeeded in that. Now, of course, we can always do better and, and we strive to do better. But in the old days, it was like maybe a middle-aged man and then maybe he'd bring his son. And But today, if you go down the aisles, you'll see the dad, the son, you know, the mom, the daughter, the grandparents. It's something for everybody. And um, that's, that's very exciting and very rewarding. And you know, I, I I attribute that to all the the corporate people and all the uh, all the exhibitors who who understand that and and really uh, you know you know they they pay attention to that and they deal with that and and they respond to that. I, I think you know in in a, maybe ten or fifteen twenty years ago, I, I used to do consulting with the leagues and I used to do shows and. And, you know, back in those days, a lot of the exhibitors would just sit back and read the paper and, and, and just kind of, you know, they had their stuff laid out on the table. Maybe the stuff is the same stuff they've had for three or four years because they didn't understand how to sell. They basically would just have a, you know, a, a Jackie Robinson baseball and they would never cut the price or, they, or, <laughs> or whatever. And, they, and it would just sit there for three or four years. And, and, and there was no no attitude. There was no you know. Hey, how do how do we how do we uh, create an atmosphere that's more conducive to kids and and selling and, and and more of the experience? And that's when it changed. Though I mean, if you see our exhibitors today, 
um, in corporate and 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 just the 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 regular exhibitors, they they are not like that. They they are very proactive. They are very engaging, um, and I think maybe you know with the current uh, the modern trading card that helps out a lot because everybody's asking questions. They want to see this. They want to see that. And you've got to be knowledgeable now. You and you and you've got to be you know, understanding of where where your customer, where you think your customer is coming from, where you think they want to go. So it's, it, it is much more engaging today, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, because now, you know, when somebody comes in, it's it's that experience that that I always say the national it's for me, it's not it's not about buying, selling or trading. It's just having that experience of coming down to the national and walking in. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to trade or sell anything. You can come, and I tell this to the mainstream media too. It's like you can just come down there and just walk the floor and have a heck of a time, right? Um, listening to stories, you know, seeing vintage items, um, seeing you know uh, celebrities. Uh, it's a, it, and of course, it's a who's who. We had over 150 athletes there this year, and and what we're doing, and we we have a whole new group that's uh, managing the national now and fortunately they asked they asked me to stick on and, and go forward with so i'm i'm really honored and, and excited about that because what that does is the new group that's coming in they're very very more uh, visionary and and creative so it gives me the opportunity to do a lot of things that, that I, I just couldn't do in the past but it's more about the on-site experience Right. And so you'll see in Cleveland, you'll see a little different, um, maybe a little more upscale in terms of the the experiences that the <clears throat> that the attendees and the exhibitors are gonna are, are gonna uh, have at their fingertips. So yeah, no, I totally agree. Even at the local card shows, the atmosphere. My eight year old son, you know, he walks in. They have kind of local guys doing autographs and stuff, and it's. It's a nice vibe. And eventually, you know, he'll be a little bit older and I'll take him to the national. Um, so Ray, I had I had a question. You mentioned the the breakers pavilion. Were were they breaking back 12, 13 years ago? When did that start? <clears throat> I know it started in Cleveland because Mike Burkus came up to me and he said, Ray, we've got this uh, you know, this concept where we want to put uh, a, a, like an area, like just like the TriStar Autograph Pavilion mm -hmm. is an attraction onto itself. He goes, well, we want to do the same with breakers. You know, David Gevin, um, Gelfman basically had been doing this. He was bringing in some breakers, but he, it wasn't themed. It wasn't like a specific area. And so Mike, Mike saw that and, and talked to David and, and so David orchestrated it, but it was back in Cleveland a few years ago that uh, that kicked off. And you know, I, I'm not I, I'm not a, uh, a card guy per se. Uh, I used to collect vintage cards, but but I always thought that it was good for the industry because it it got people again engaged. It got people thinking about you know cards in a different perspective. And I, I always like the idea of, you know, you can you can go in a break and maybe if you just want to collect uh, Chicago Cubs players or, you know, Giants players, you had that ability to do that. And, and so I always thought that was good. And, and, and it's, it's, it's still, you know, 
testing time. But, uh, you know, uh, when I talk to David, uh, you know, it's still uh, popular, at least within the national. Uh, I don't know all the politics about, you know, you know, about who's who and breaking and, 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 you know, giving product and all that. But I do know that, you know, it's, it's still a focal point. We may do a few things different this year with the main stage. Main stage has been in the Breakers Pavilion. Now, one of the things that we will be doing is looking at that and, and making that more uh, up up to date, um, more um, maybe social media related, maybe uh, more uh, interviews with athletes, and you know. So we're going to make it a much much um, engaging experience for our attendees and. And um, and so we'll see, but you know the Breakers Pavilion will be back, and and uh, and and we'll hopefully we'll do some more things, uh, exciting things in terms of planning promotion with them. Yeah, you mentioned the athletes, and that's such a it's such a focal point, right? Like you've got this this big tent, and they're just you know it's like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar this year signing autographs, and you know Derek Jeter is is roaming around, and it's just. It's it's amazing, especially for the kids, right? They're like, wow, that's that's a lot of um, a lot of athletes. Have you ever thought about in the future doing something like um, I don't know, catch a football from from an athlete or run a fifty yard dash against one, or you know, I don't know, whatever, like play a game of horse or something like that. I thought I, I always thought that'd be kind of interesting and like fun for the kids. Yeah, yeah, we've done that. Not not the national, but I've been I've been in situations where I've seen that in play. We did that with Don Mattingly uh, at a couple of shows on the East Coast, and 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 got to throw the ball with Donnie. And you know, you, you kind of wonder, like you said, you know, is that something that is you know um, is interesting enough, is exciting enough? And the answer is yeah, it is um, definitely. So so for me, you know. Again, we we weren't in a position to do this in the last couple of years, but uh, I'm going out to Cleveland in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have what we call a brainstorming uh, session. It's 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 great. The the new guys um, are just fantastic, and you know they wanted me to come out and and talk to them about you know just like what we're talking about now. What can we do to enhance the experience to make it so it's not just a you know it's not a ho-hum you know just trading cards and memorabilia because we we get it we understand that we we feel that and so you'll see you'll see a little bit of that if, and, and it's all about when it when it gets to that it's really more about space mm. and, and 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 what we can and can't do with the athletes in the old days we've been our negotiations you know basically tristar negotiates with the athletes but it's really been just for the signings, you know, you know, they come in, they sign. We've never really kind of pushed the envelope to where, hey, you, you can come in, you'll sign, do some photo ops and maybe do an interview on the main stage or throw a baseball at somebody. But I, I have the ability, you know, in the last years, I work with the mainstream media and I'll, you know, we do meet and greets. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we did a meet and greet with Freddie McGriff with the Chicago Tribune this year. Uh, we did a meet, a meet and greet with uh, uh, Angel Reese, you know, the star of LSU uh, player. You know, she was fantastic. 
what we can do and what I'm going to suggest we do is we do meet and greets or maybe a throw or something like that where you can win the opportunity. And we're going to be doing that. You know, that was a pre-show promotion. There are going to be things that we're going to do like right on site that day or that week, you know, so you can, you'll be on site and you may be able to win something like that. Um, that's and, really and that's cool. a whole, yeah, that's a whole idea. So you, we want you to feel like you come into the show and anything can happen. You know, it's, you know, be surprised that, hey, you could be on the show floor. You could be, you know, uh, tagging a photo and we may say you won this, uh, come to the main stage and you, you win an opportunity to, to meet somebody or to, to get in a break or, or throw a, a football with Joe Montana. So yeah, th those are things that we're definitely working on. And I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. You know, it'd be so crazy. I just had this idea 30 seconds ago. You know, what if you got like an insert in a tops pack and if they pull it, it's like a Willy Wonka golden ticket, right? Like this ticket gets you dinner at the national with Derek Jeter or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Could you imagine how crazy that would be? <clears throat> That's that brings up a good point because I, I, I love that idea. But you remember too, in the old days, when 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 uh, these manufacturers and, and high-profile corporates, they would they would kind of prepare for this maybe a couple of weeks out, you know, yeah, uh, you know maybe three or four weeks out they start working on the national. Uh, okay, well we got to send these people. You know, here's some uh, promotional things we want to accomplish in there. Now, you know, these companies are coming to us like today. And wanting to work on something for you know next July, wow! Which means it gives us an opportunity to do something like that, you know. Whereas whereas before that was you couldn't do it because you know people didn't start thinking about it till the last I say to the last minute. But now because of the way the industry has evolved and the way like we get the families and people are accepting a lot of the stuff we're doing that we can take it to another level and do some creative promotions. I There's probably about six or seven companies right now that have called me that said, hey, can, can we start thinking about doing something that leads up, you know, maybe from January 1st to the national? And for me, that's a heck of a lot more work, but <laughs> it's really, really a really good idea. And yeah. so, um, you know, and I... I've started working with a lot of the, you know, the, 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 the corporate PR agencies and because again, now within the last couple of years, they, they want to maximize this experience. You know, you know, even when we were getting, we were averaging, I would say five or six years ago, we were averaging 50, 60,000 people. And that was good at the time, but now we're up to a hundred thousand. And now the corporates and everybody and their brother are saying, Hey, how do we maximize that 100,000 attendee? You know, how do we do that? And not only how, but it's worth it now. It's worth us spending time, effort, and right. money to, to kind of promote to these people because we know we have them. I mean, our trade night this year was, you know, unbelievable. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I remember too, years ago, our trade nights were just basically in the hotels and, and they were, they were yeah. self -productive. Informal, yeah. Yeah, and then then Ryan uh, from Card Collector Two said called me up one day and said, "Listen, Ray, we're running out of space, and and would you would we consider, you know, you know, working something with the National? We couldn't do it in Chicago, 
but we were able to do it in Atlantic City and just from a timing standpoint. And it was great. And and then in Chicago this year, I think I, I think I was talking to Ryan uh, that it, we probably had about five or six thousand people that went through trade night. And I when I say five or six thousand, we probably could fit a thousand, but you know, people come and go and people were on lines outside. Yeah. And they were waiting to get in. Um, so this year we're thinking, all right, well, that was great, but maybe we're gonna do five trade nights now or, or four trade nights. Well, you know, again, depending upon the, uh, the opportunities, but uh, so we're thinking ahead in that respect. And, and uh, we wanna add a little bit more to that trade night. Um, my, my feeling is, you know, trading is great, but if you have a, a son or a daughter and they want to get into Pokemon, um, you know, and you go into a trade night, you really and you sit down at a table, um, you really need to know or, or find out how and who is into Pokemon who can help you. Me, I I say let's have it like a twenty by twenty in the corner, just all Pokemon and experts there, so my son can go and talk to them, get educated, and then come back into the room, you know, or back into the middle of the room, and sit tables and start talking to people. Or like the soccer. Pokemon Genius Bar or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, it, it could be anything. It could be soccer. It right. could be, you know, uh, any TCG or, or football, baseball. It could be anything. But that's, you know, so so you're going to see um, like trade night evolve into more of an experience now, too, going forward, So, which is great. Yeah, it's pretty pretty epic as, as it is now. It's They just take over various lobbies in different areas, well, whatever so no. was a nook and cranny they can find it was the first time that we had people sitting down in our in our lobby in the nationals lobby um out you know where where we had the entrance and they were they were just sitting down putting all the cards out i mean it was that was the first time i I never even thought that would ever happen but you know it's it's one thing and i i i always under i mean i understood the excitement behind it but I didn't think it was to this degree where, you know, everybody would just like lay out their cards and, and, and uh, try to trade or want to trade and, and, and really be successful at it. I mean, because yeah. for me anyway, again, I could be wrong, but I never, I always see people that are happy, you know, so it's not, so it's not as if they're there, they can't make a trade or they, they, they can't get, they, they can't get some, satisfaction or happiness out of it they they actually love that so uh you know so it's great yeah it's really cool so <laughs> one of the things that you mentioned earlier is you know getting the moms involved and getting the kids involved getting the entire family involved so it's not just you know like me i'm 43 with like a jackie robinson ball that sits there for four years have you ever thought now i know the national has to be at chicago every other year um, have you ever thought about something like Disney, um, you know, either Florida or California? I mean, that that's kind of like, I mean, if you hosted it there, my goodness, you'd have all the moms and all the, you know, yeah. the daughters coming. Yeah, no, that, I mean, there's a misconception that the, that the National um, really didn't want to move, you know, to any other venues or, or were hesitant to move. And, and that's not true. Um, I know that even the former group 
uh, was very open to um, you know, you know, uh, different venues. But you remember, and, and the current group is too, but you remember that we're talking about 400 to 600,000 square feet. We're talking about you know, X amount of hotel rooms. We're talking about travel. We're talking about you know, all the things uh, that would be needed. It's just not that easy to pick up and move somewhere, especially if we've never right. been there before. You know, I was just out in uh, L.A. at the at the Anaheim show, and Rob Barris uh, and EJ they they do a great job out there. Um, but I don't know if the National could fit in there because mm -hmm. of the congestion and and the number of people and the number of rooms that are used for Disney. Um, you know, again, he, they did a great job, but I, but. But we have we have a guy that's full time just works on the hotels, um, wow. and and, th and think about this: if you go into, if we decide to go to Dallas uh, next year, we have to go down and and secure blocks of rooms for our exhibitors and our attendees, and make sure we get the pricing and all that. Because obviously, human nature is to say, hey, we're going to increase the price from two fifty to four fifty, of course, because the nationals coming in. So, and, and what they do now is that we're very fortunate. Like when we go to Chicago, we may get 80% of the, of the hotel and there's the 20% that they have to keep for, you know, people that, you know, normal people would go through. Those people get charged a lot more money because they give us the discount. But our people work on that. It's not just something that, you know, is given. We work on that all the time in terms of making sure we get that. It, it's kind of taken for granted now because we've been doing it for so long. Um, the other thing is like rolling your you know, rolling your car onto the main floor for load in and load out. That doesn't happen very often, you know. And and then with the unions too, um, we're very fortunate. We have some you know, great a great situation where you know the, the exhibitor. I wouldn't say they take it for granted, but it's one of the things that. You know, they're not paying they're not paying for a lot of things that they would if we went to someplace else right and so all those things are taken in consideration but if we if we had the ability uh, and, and the other thing too is I tell you honestly and and I with all the leagues I had the same experience but to get to uh, for a venue to commit to you to guarantee to you two or three years out is extremely difficult. Right, because in their mind, they rather have a pharmaceutical company. They rather have a boat company because those people are going to be there longer. They're yep. going to be there. They're going to be loyal, and they're going to bring in more money, especially to the city. So, like in Baltimore, we did two shows in Baltimore, 2010, 2012, and they were really good shows. People said, "Let's go back to Baltimore." Well, not necessarily the people from the West Coast, but but the, most people said, "Let's go back." But Baltimore would never would never guarantee that that next uh, the next year that we need, and so you you can't do that in, in the way yeah. we're structured. So I mean, those are there's a lot of reasons why we can't. But I don't want people to think we don't want to. We do. Sure. If there's a situation, um, and if people know of situations, uh, you know, the the board and and the new management group is wide open for suggestions. But I do have to, I do say this after saying that they do some really great due diligence. Um, you know, they'll look at 20 markets and then they'll come back and they'll, they'll whittle it down to 
to three or four, and then they'll, you know, our bylaws say that we we have to present three uh, locations to the board of directors, and they sign off on that, and we we present it to the exhibitors. So <laughs> it's a process, but it's not uh, it's not uh, like you said, Orlando. Um, and then we, I mean, the final thing, because I can go on and on with this, but the final thing is the location. You know, we, we'd say Atlantic City. Well, people say well, it's tough to get into. I understand. I, I, I agree. Orlando, it's East Coast. You know, the West Coast people are going to complain. But that's <laughs> why Chicago is so great. You know, yeah. Chicago, Chicago is the purpose, perfect scenario. You know, it's close by the airport. It's 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 got Rosemont there. It's a little village, which is great for restaurants and, and activities. Um, you know, the the convention center is fantastic to work with uh, for you know four hundred thousand, six hundred thousand square feet and hundred thousand people. So there's a there's a lot of positives there, but um, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll, uh, I I will always be looking. That's sure. Answer that. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are really, you know, innovating or at least considering, you know, any and all things. I think the casual card collector, it's easy for them to say, oh, just have it here, have it there. They don't understand the selling involved, the relationships involved. The fact that this is such a large venue, there's probably only 20 markets in the country that can even handle it anyway. And, uh, you know, never mind the logistics and all of that, too. Um so it, but it's, it is interesting. It's great that you have a board now that can field these ideas and questions and innovations. Absolutely. Excellent. So um, I promise not to keep you too long. I just got a couple more questions. The one thing I wanted to ask you, especially from kind of like an old school guy like you, what do you think is the best thing about the hobby right now? And what do you think is the worst thing about the hobby right now? Well, there's, there's no question for me. The, the best thing and the reason why I, uh, I, I come back and back. It's the community, you know. It's the relationships, and and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, coming to the national, and not having to buy, sell, or trade. It's all those relationships that you can make, and and the people you get to talk to, and the friendships you develop, and um, you know, it's there's nothing there's nothing more satisfying, more exciting than that. Um, now you throw in social media. And you go to the national and then you, you make these friends and you follow up on social media. And, you know, a lot of these people, and, and I don't, I don't do this, but a lot of the, you know, the exhibitors, the, the entrepreneurs, I mean, they utilize social media and, and, and uh, the other platforms to not only enhance their relationships, but to buy, sell and trade there too. So it's for me, that that's what I love about the, the hobbies, all the relationships that I've made, um, I wish, uh, and, and people ask me all the time, like, I mean, I do collect movie posters, but when I go to the show, I, I would, I would love to be able to spend time just roaming the, the, the floor, uh, checking out stuff. I, I just can't do that. I just don't have the time to do that. I would love to be able to do that. Um, yeah, but you're like I, a chef that wants to sit down and actually <laughs> eat the meal, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm all, I'm always running from you know, especially with the six hundred thousand square feet this year. Um, you know, to go from the TriStar attraction to uh, the corporate area, it, it took a while, and uh, and 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 but it's I mean I'm not I'm not complaining, but it's just one of those things where you know I, I just 
uh, and I see the excitement and enjoyment on the kids and the, and the parents and the women and all that. And, and I say, well, you know what? It's all, it's all worth it. And, sure. and, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you one quick story uh, of why it's so satisfying. And I tell the story uh, quite a bit, but I, I love it. It's a couple of years ago, I was walking down the aisles packed and I, there was a gentleman you know, my height and a, and a son about 13 years old. And there was a Mickey Mantle jersey and he was looking up the jersey and they were talking to his son. And I was just curious. I kind of swayed over and walked over and I was, I was listening to him. And, and he was saying to his son, looking at the Mantle jersey, he said, you know, that's Mickey Mantle was my idol. He was a guy that I idolized and followed and, you know, and, 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 and the kid tugged on his dad's uh, sweater. He said, no, dad, no, dad. It's Aaron Judge. He's the GOAT. And, <laughs> and with that, the, the dad, not expecting it, turned around and his eyes got like that big because he connected with the son. And, and, and for me, having a 14-year-old son, I get it. I understand it. But for, for him to be able to connect with his son uh, was probably, it was priceless. Mm. You know? And I see that a lot. I see that a lot you know, throughout, the, throughout the show. And not, not just with the um, attendees, but with exhibitors, too. You know, how they share so, so much um, in, in the sense that it, it kind of, it, it not only enriches their being, but it, it just it gives them you know, a, a more of a purpose and more of a reason to, you know, to kind of uh, express enjoyment and, 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 and the, you know, the stories are the best, you know, the, the, you know, you know, we, 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 live to create memories and 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 i think if you if you if you ask many of the brick and mortar uh sellers or even the online sellers or manufacturers you know what sells best it sells best when there's a story behind it right and 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 that's where a lot of stories are told at the national a lot of stories are are, are, um, are looked at and and said, yeah, you know what, I get it, I understand it. And, 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 and so that community, um, it's all, that's what I think about when I think about the, the hobby. Yeah, excellent. Um, I mean, you don't have to answer, but I was just curious if you, if there's anything in the hobby that you think you'd improve or that you're not a fan of, or, you know, something you're kind of like, huh, that's, that's odd. Is there... <laughs> If there's anything um, that that is what I would consider a negative right now, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm of the mindset that we can always do better. Sure. Um, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's communication, whether it's um, uh, uh, just kind of you know experiences, creating, developing, and all that. Um, I do, I do think that we're going through a, a real transition in the hobby in terms of you know um, what people are thinking uh, I think a lot of it is kind of unresolved yet and you know there's a little bit of uh, apprehension in terms of you know what's uh, six months going to be like what's a year going to be like mm. but but for the most part I think you know when you have uh, the success like the national it, it, it's kind of like well you know what I don't know what's really going to happen in six months or a year, but 
gosh, this industry is so strong right now. I mean, it's not as if we're going to fall apart tomorrow. You know, we may have to endure some changes, but right. it's not it's not as if like the, the hobby is struggling and we only got 40,000 people coming to the show and people are panicking. We're not we're not there. So I just I just feel like, you know, people are, people are um, most people I know are optimistic, glass half full and going to just say, you know what, we're going to just see what happens. And, and for the most part, I see this. I see this with a lot of companies. I mean, I deal with a lot of companies and I see where they're, when it gets to the point when we, you think the, the ship has taken too much water on, they rectify it, mm -hmm. you know, and people understand, you know, hey, we, we can't take the chance of being so far behind that they, you know, in, in, in the old days, I tell people, you know, nobody really cared about, uh, you know, what's going to happen six months or a year. You know, they were just happy business as usual. And, 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 it, and it was okay. They sustained, but today you can't do that. You can't think about business as usual. Think about all, and you know, this. think about all the, the, the tech companies that are coming in all the, all the different, um, you know, the influencers that are coming and changing things. Uh, you've got to think ahead. You've got to yeah. think about, you know, six months to a year ahead, whether you're successful or not. And, and, and so that's one of the things I think are, uh, is a change, but I don't, I don't look at that as a negative. I just look at that, hey, we got to pay more attention. And the yeah. nationals the same way. When, when we go into our meetings, um, and I had a long uh, call yesterday with uh, with uh, all our, our partners, and and that was the that was really the the crux of the of the conversation. Is hey, we gotta be more proactive in in, in how we define and and um, create an experience, because that's what it's all about. And you know, let's get to it. So we're we're you know we're, we're in the past, I can say that you know we've had a team together so that from the logistical side, you know, we could start up in April, May and, and put the show on, you know, that, that was, that wasn't easy, but now again, because of what I've just said in terms of, you can't take anything for granted. You got to think ahead. We're starting now. We're starting today mm -hmm. you know, in terms of our planning and, and, and conversations and, and because one, we've got, Corporates that are interested now in getting involved much, much earlier. Corporates who want to do much, much more, and and so it's it's a good thing. Um, and so I don't see the I don't see the industry uh, uh, in a, in a position where we have to really strongly worry about it. I think we just need to, you know, uh, be cognizant of of change and 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 deal with it and and continue the the communication. Communication is so, so important, you know, whether it's internal for a company or whether it's external and, you know, getting the word out there. And one of the things that I, that I deal with on, on our social media is, you know, when people come out and they say things, but they don't understand, or they're just saying things because it's the heat of the moment. And I've got to, I've got to be in a position to say, Hey, Hey, that's not true. Or, you know, you know, yeah. you need to, you need to understand that, you know, your words are, you know, because it could it, spark a fire, <laughs> fire out there in terms of the of, of responses. 
So that's probably one of the challenges that I have. Um, there were a lot of, but, but, you know, I can manage that. It's just, you know, understanding that you have to, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great because you've been with the national for so long, right? Over 12 years, you actually care about it. It's, it's almost your legacy in a way. So I can tell the the passion there to kind of get things right, explain things to people. And um, it really comes through for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. We talk about the hobby and, you know, I think what you were saying is, you know, we don't know what it will look like in a year or two years. Either way, it's exciting to me. I mean, that's kind of like the one word that sticks out. You've got fanatics coming in with their investments. You've got um, young kids really coming into this hobby in, in droves like my son. Um, and it's just, it's all going to be fun to watch. But I think at the end of the day, if you're a collector, you're going to kind of weather any storm. Like I'm still going to be collecting autographed vintage cards, regardless of what happens with the price of those cards or, you know, the demand of those cards. Like I still like with your movie posters, right? Like you're, it's just something you like, you like, you collect what you like, you know? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I think everybody should collect something. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't make fun of anybody who collects anything. In other words, if you do it for the right reason and, you know, whether it's pens or napkins or whatever, I don't care if, if you have the mindset of, of collecting and, you know, having, you know, guidelines and, and uh, you know, an understanding of, um, uh, you know, going out and, and, and challenging to find what you're collecting. That's, that, you know, the, to me, it's more about the chase. Yeah, you know, the networking you know, and the networking, yeah. you know, talking to you saying, hey, you're a movie poster lover. Hey, what do you have? And, you know, what's exciting for you? And and that's the community. That's the interaction. And then, you know, hey, I'll help you. You help me, you know, find this. And exactly. It's kind of a, a reason for being. But I tell you what, every time I look at one of my movie posters, I know exactly where I got it. I know what time it was. In, in terms of year, I know what uh, I know what kind of a frame of mind I was in that year, and most of the time it's very positive. So it's like it's a reminder right. that you know it's 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 really it's something that it's part of me, and it will always be part of me. And I've I've ne- honestly I've never sold. I've got over five hundred posters. Wow. I've never sold any, and, and and you know it's like when I, you know like how everyone sells. Their, their cards, the vintage and modern. I would I, I would like to do it, but I can't right now. I mean, it's like because they're so they're so meaningful for me. Right. Um, but eventually I will I'll talk myself into it. So for the audience that's on audio, Ray has an Abaddon Costello meets Frankenstein poster behind him. I'm sure you can Google it. It is very cool. Um it caught me right away. I was like, wow, that's a nice poster. <laughs> um I don't know. I think I need some Star Wars posters for my um my basement so i'll have to hit you up after the show and get some advice on how to how to well, locate see, those but that but that's a good point because i i mean i love like clint eastwood i love i i, I love uh, you know star wars and all that but that's not what i collect right you know I, I mean uh it's not i it's not just because it's a poster again it's everything i have is pre-1960 very specific, very specific. but that's what makes collecting collecting Right, that's awesome. what really, because you, you've got you've got guidelines, you've got you know you've got an understanding 
Um, I've expanded mine. I, over here, you can't see it, but I have a three sheet, a pride of the Yankees. And, you know, and I've expanded to like Abbott Costello because I, you know, I, I love watching them growing up, the Beatles. And uh, so I've, I've expanded it, but not to the degree that I, I would get a Star Wars or, or you, know, you know, any of the other popular movies. And so for me, that's, that's what it's all about. Very cool. Very cool. All right. One final question, Ray. We ask everybody this um, that comes on the pod. If you could get a coffee with any sports figure, and this is an interesting question for you because you've managed so many, um, a coffee with a sports figure, dead or alive, any time period. So sit down a couple hours, chat. Who would it be and why? That's a really tough question for me. Um, Just got to pick one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've met him, but uh, I would say Muhammad Ali. You know, uh, uh, and the reason being is I did meet him. And uh, there were, I mean, I, for me, there was a uh, total connection. And uh, it's kind of one of those things, like you said, I want to I want to know more about you, more about the way you think and, and, uh, and, and, and how you perceive life in general. I mean, and, and, and I honestly, I would probably, when I, when I do meet um, athletes, I don't miss, I don't even talk about sports. I, I like to talk about just life and, and because I know what they have accomplished, but yeah. I want to know how they approach life. You know, how, how do you approach life versus, you know, me or somebody else? And so that's what, if I was having a cup of coffee, that's what I would do. I love it. I think that would be amazing. I haven't heard that one yet, but sitting down with him would just be so cool. Um, just from a, a personality perspective. I mean, his personality, he's, it's just so bold, right? He's just one of the most brash, um, athletes of all time ever. And, uh, yeah, really cool stories. Well, Ray, thank you very much. Um, just wanted to give you the opportunity. If the audience has questions about the national or ideas, or they just want to get in touch with you, about something else, what's a good way for them to uh, to reach out or to find you? Sure. Um, well, nsccshow.com is our web website. Um, and the same uh, NSCC show uh, for Instagram. And I, I post a lot on Instagram. And I just started collaborating a lot with a lot of our, our exhibitors. And um, so, you know, if you have photos or if you have experiences from the nationals, uh, you know, just tag us. And, and I, I mean, again, because it's all about community. It's all about telling stories. And, and so even if it's a, you know, from five years ago, if you're experienced at the national, I'll post it and I'll repost it. And so, yeah, follow us on the national uh, NSCC show and uh, yeah, love to hear from you. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Ray. This was an awesome conversation. I'm glad I Got to sit down and, and get a get a few minutes with you. Thanks again. Um, all, right. all right, everyone. Thank you. This has uh, been another episode of Sports Card Madness. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. We have a YouTube channel as well. And that's the pod. Mm-hmm.